Welcome to the Patriotic Pulpit. I have a lot of different stories in front of me, things that are of intense interest to all of us. We have to talk about the Chinese spy balloon. We can talk about that. We can talk about what's going on in California where prostitution and pimping laws have, the, the prohibitions against those have been lifted, and so residents are scared about those things and are appealing to the different administrative officials to release those. But, you know, there are a lot of things taking place in America just a sampling of them is what we just mentioned. But I do want to focus upon one incident that occurred in Arizona regarding the 73-year-old rancher in Arizona who shot and killed a Mexican national who was on his property. And I want to think about that from the standpoint of property rights. But let's first of all, let's just talk about the story. And then I want to talk about, and I want us all to think about, the constitutional concept of property rights and what, where are our property rights in America? So the story is, of course, as you know, a 73-year-old rancher. He was arrested. He was charged with first-degree murder for the killing of an illegal immigrant who had been tentatively identified as a Mexican citizen, a Mexican national. Now, the, all of the details about the shooting have not been released. We don't know all of the, of the details, but we do know the basic outline of what's taking place. And it's unknown whether the, the perpetrator, the rancher, George Allen Kelly, and the deceased, Gabriel Quinn uh, Bitumea, it's unclear whether they knew each other. The killing occurred on January 30. Kelly's arrest was preceded by authorities finding the dead body of Quinn Bitumea on Kel Kelly's cattle ranch. The Mexican national was identified as a Mexican voter from a Mexican voter registration card that he had on his body. Now, Kelly's being held in Nogales, Arizona. He lived just south of Nogales, just close to the border. And the bail has been set at $1 million by Justice Emilio Velasquez. Now, Kelly requested that the judge reduce his bail so that he might go back and take care of his wife. She's there by herself, he said. Nobody is there to take care of her, the livestock or the ranch. That's according to Nogales International. And I'm not going anywhere. I can't come up with a million dollars, he said. In the meantime, Quinn Butumea the deceased Mexican national has entered the United States multiple times illegally, was deported repeatedly, according to reports. And the incident happened in the Keno Springs area, just outside Nogales, which is, of course, a border town. That's according to Sheriff's Chief Deputy Geraldo Castillo. The call came in about 2.40 p.m. Monday regarding a shooting in the Sagebrush Road area per Nogales International. There were reports of a commotion at a scene but the deputies found nothing on arrival. However, about 6 p.m., the sheriff's office received another call about shots fired at the property. And this time, the deputies found the deceased body of Quinn Butumea with a visible gunshot wound about 150 or 100 yards to 150 yards from Kelly's house. Now, Kelly lives just a mile and a half north of the border of Mexico, roughly three-quarters of a mile southeast of Keno Springs Road. And so he was arrested because the body was found on his property. You know, it's interesting to note the Arizona law that pertains to this, and a person can fight, even kill, to protect himself or others based upon the Arizona law, similar to what we know and has been in the news regarding the Florida law. The state has a justification statute, and it is a, what is, we call a stand-your-ground stand law. It says a person is justified in threatening or using physical force 
against another when and to the extent a reasonable person would believe that physical force is immediately necessary to protect himself against the other's use or attempted use of unlawful physical force. And, of course, the burden of proof would lie upon prosecutors to establish that this was a non-justified killing and that Kelly is guilty. So let's just back up for a moment and think about this. And what I'm concerned about is property rights in America. We, we have seen the demolition of property rights under the, uh, with the last hundred years, actually, through the progressive era, the socialist era, and even unto today. And as you know, and we've talked about frequently on this program, the United Nations, the World Economic Council, and World Economic Forum, rather, and other world bodies want to remove property rights from you. The World Economic Forum actually tells us that within the next of 10 to 15 years, they want to have no one owning any private property, and you will be happy. That's an order. They're going to make you happy. You're not going to own private property. Does a person have a right? And I'm looking at the principles, the foundational concepts at the very bottom of this. Does a person have a right to defend himself and his property? Now, I'll tell you this, the founders believed, and I do too, that property is an extension of myself. I put my labor, my blood, sweat, and tears, my family's blood, sweat, and tears into my private property. My private property is an extension, therefore, of myself. Therefore, and people understand this instinctively. If someone came out and keyed your car and you saw them keying your car, you'd be understandably angry. The question, of course, that you might ask is how much force can you use to justify uh, stopping the keying of your car or the destroying of any kind of private, private property that you have? Be that as it may, private property we consider to be an extension of ourselves and a violation of that private property is actually a violation of ourself. Now, I want to go back to some thinking on jurisprudence by those who helped craft our nation and those upon whom they were, the, the ones who crafted it, the founding fathers, those upon whom they relied for their thinking is what they thought about it. The first man I want to talk about, for, and I'm just going to mention him, is William Blackstone. Blackstone Remember, we've talked about him frequently before. Blackstone was um, an English jurist, and he was really uh, he was really formulated many different principles that the founding fathers appreciated and liked. As a matter of fact, if we could just summarize here, the founders relied heavily upon William Blackstone, Baron bon Montesquieu, John Locke, um, and several others, and then of course they also relied upon the Bible. They relied upon the Bible for their concepts of freedom and liberty and limited government. Well, regarding private property, here's what William Blackstone had to say. He said, private property has to be sac- is a sacred and inviolable right. That is, according to him, a precondition of personal security, of individual liberty, societal flourishing is the securing of my private property. You know, in the Declaration of Independence, we have life, liberty, and then Jefferson put in their pursuit of happiness. But in the Constitution, it reads twice, life, liberty, and property. Property, Fifth Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment. Those are the concepts. Life, liberty, and property must be secure, and they must be inviolable. That is not to be violated. And I should have the right 
before God to defend my private property. So let's go now to the Declaration of Independence, one of the statements that is made there. And then, you know, the founders were tired of having the fruits of their own labors confiscated by an overpowering British government. And so they declared themselves free and independent. And most American school children used to be able to recite the claim that all men endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or life, liberty, and property. But here's something else that they put into the Declaration. He, King George III, that is, has erected a multitude of new offices, sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people, eat out their substance, he has combined with others to subject us, imposing taxes on us without our consent. The idea here is robbing us of private property. One of the things that started the American Revolution was the concept that private property, even though it should be inviolable, not violated, and it is sacred, the English government continued to erode private property rights by heavy taxation. That's what the founders were so upset about, one of the things for which they were upset about. Now listen to the statement. This is John Adams. The moment the idea is admitted into society that property is not as sacred as the laws of God, anarchy and tyranny commence. Property must be secured or liberty cannot exist. Property must be secured or liberty cannot exist. And the moment that the idea enters into society that property is not as sacred as the laws of God, anarchy and tyranny commence. Are we seeing anarchy and tyranny in our nation? Absolutely. Everybody remembers two years ago, the Black Lives Matter, as well as different, uh, different anarchist and communist groups gathered together and burned down police stations, burned down public buildings, destroyed private property continually, and we just kind of sat and watched it on television while the CNN reporter said, well, everything's fine here and everything's cool. The problem is, of course, the private property was violated, and we have not considered it to be sacred and inviolable as should be. But instinctively, we know it. We know that it is true. And so the same thing is the case regarding our rancher friend in Arizona, he had private property. George Allen Kelly has private property, and he considers that to be sacred and inviolable. He put into it his life, and it was continually overrun by those whom the Biden administration allowed in the country to overrun people. Now, I have said for a long time, if the government does not do its job, it does not do its job, that is, close the border, shut the border down, and protect the American people, not only from the drugs and fentanyl and so forth that everybody talks about, but also from the incursion of, of Mexican armies and Mexican nationals. And you think they're not armed. Well, they are. The drug cartels are armed. They're located on top of the mountains in Arizona. They actually control the border. We have been invaded. That's what's taking place. And our government has refused to protect the American citizens, its number one and primary job. And I've said for a long time, if the government is not going to do it, if they refuse to do their job, then people are going to take it into their own hands, innocently, as I believe 
this Arizona rancher is. It's the Biden administration's job to do it. As a matter of fact, the Biden administration invited these drug cartels in here and continues to invite them and continues to invite people to trespass and trash, destroy the private property of individuals. What are people to do when that happens? Well, you might say, well, we yet not kill a person. You know what? If a person is breaking into your home, that's your private property. You feel the right that you would be able to shoot. And that is exactly what's taking place here. And it is distressing to me that we don't have the private property concepts embedded in our minds as our founding fathers did. Listen to what James Madison had to say. Government is instituted to protect property of every sort. Boy, let that soak in. Why is government instituted, Madison? To protect the property of every sort. This being the end of government. That is, it's the very job, the basic job of American, of any government, is to protect the properties of individuals in that state. That's why we formed them a perfect union, to protect our private property. But when the government refuses to protect it and becomes actually a part and parcel and an accomplice with those who are violating private property, we're going to have chaos. So what I'm saying is the dead Mexican national on the Arizona ranchers property is Biden administration's fault. It's their fault for allowing this kind of thing to go on. The general principle is that we must have private property rights or we don't have freedom. We'll be back in a moment. Let's continue just a little bit about George Allen Kelly, South Arizona rancher, private property. I want you to think about private property rights. Generally, we're speaking about the principles, the very concepts of it. There was a time in American history when private property ownership was considered to be sacred and inviolable, as William Blackstone put it. Let's talk about John Locke for a moment. John Locke was one of the, the I, really the, the brain, one of the brains that were behind a lot of what Thomas Jefferson had to say, and our founders relied upon John Locke as well. So as I mentioned, John Locke, William Blackstone, Baron von Montesquieu, others. The economist John Locke, whose writings and ideas had this major influence on our founding fathers, said this, that life and liberty are secure so long as the right of property is secure. Do we feel that our personal liberty is curtailed in America? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Why is that the case? Well, it's because private property is not secure. Locke advocated that if private property rights did not exist, then the incentive for industrious persons to develop and improve property would be destroyed. That the industrious person would be deprived of the fruits of his labor. That, of course, is absolutely true. Then he made this comment also, or actually I'm summarizing it. He said that marauding bands would roam about the country and confiscate by force the goods produced by other people and that mankind would be impelled to remain on a bare subsistence level of hand-to-mouth survival because of the accumulation of anything of value that would invite attack. 
Now, that is exactly what takes place, for example, if you go back and look in Iraq, Iran, Syria, Arabia, the Muslim countries, that's exactly how they have lived and continue to live. That is, you have to associate yourself with a band of people, or we I mean, you can talk about the Indians in America, associate yourself with bands of people in order to protect what belongs to you, whether it be your the horses that you have, the teepees that you live in, the land that you're that you're living upon, whatever it may be, and the resources that you utilize, all of that is the case. And you do that in order to protect your private property. So the reason that men form governments to begin with is to protect your property. That's why we have laws to protect private property and George Allen Kelly protecting his private property. That's what he was doing. What kind of society have we if we cannot protect our private property from the continual incursion of people don't even belong in this country and posing a danger and a threat continually to the American citizens? What kind of country do we live in? And if you do protect your property, then they want, they put you in jail. Well, now, I want you to think back what I just mentioned about John Locke. He said, if, if we don't have that, then marauding bands are going to confiscate by force the goods produced by others, and they're going to be trashing your property. That's exactly, that's exactly what is happening on the border. And that's what John Locke had to say about it. Now, I want to think about controlling private property and what happened, what has happened in the governments around the world, just reaching back in history, for example, the Soviet Union, the Soviet government excused every action that they took under the banner of equality for all. So they wanted to have equality, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, that's what they wanted. So they confiscated the properties, the private properties of individuals to redistribute it among the citizens of the Soviet Union. And so the people had no private property rights. That's what, that's what Karl Marx had wanted. That's what he called for. And that's the track that our American government is now on. Karl Marx's track that there is no such thing as private property, or at least it's not inviolable. It is not sacred at all. So, and we know that because, by the way, this is the tax season coming around, and they're going to be confiscating properties, private property of individuals, the government is, and they're going to have it enforced by the 87,000 IRS agents that are going to be armed. That's Biden's plan. But back to the Soviet Union. Well, we were talking about almost the same thing, weren't we? IRS, 87,000 agents. Sounds like, sounds like Stalin's forces, doesn't it? The Red Army. Well, Stalin, the Soviet government, enforced redistribution of wealth schemes. And they confiscated homes from the rich and the wealthy and the middle class. What has happened in Zimbabwe? The same model, the same template was used by Zimbabwe's former dictator, Robert Mugabe, to destroy the agriculturally rich African nation. What happened? Mugabe confiscated farmland owned by white farmers and gave it to friends of his corrupt government. And incidentally, before I let off the American government off the hook on this, 
even back to the Clinton period of time, all we can hear about was apartheid, 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 and we need and we supported and our government supported and the liberal news media supported the blockade of the white government that was there, that is government that was controlled by white people and demanded that they turn it over to those who are blacks. Well, what happened? Well, they destroyed the country. Robert Mugabe confiscated farmland and gave it to people in his corrupt government, most of whom had never even seen a farm. And the result was economic disaster, widespread poverty, and hunger in the land that once fed the entire continent. At one time, Zimbabwe fed the entire continent of Africa. But no more. No, we got in there and helped Mugabe out. So the nation of South Africa is now following in the murderous footsteps of Robert Mugabe, and it continues to attack white farmers, taking their property, put into the hands of those who know nothing about running a farm and killing the people who own them. So Locke warned us, John Locke, that human civilization would be reduced to the level of a pack of wolves and cease to exist because lack of control and protection of our own private property caused by fear and insecurity. That's what would happen. And private property ownership, Locke argued, would bring stability, wealth to individuals, leading to prosperous society of men. And that's because of legal ownership of property. That's the key to productive development. And so America became one of the wealthiest nations on the earth because of that. But we've reversed all of that. And now, Joe Biden, single-handedly, with the help of the Democrat Party, of course, and the mainstream media and big tech all colluding together, have destroyed private property rights all across America. And what has happened to Rancher Kelly can happen to any of us as well. Now, before we take a break, I want to make mention of the fact we've changed the name of the program to Patriotic Pulpit. You can find it on Spotify. You can find us on Amazon Music uh, app as well. The website is still up and running, American Liberty with Bill Lockwood. You can donate to the program. There's a donate, donate button on there. I write articles pertaining to some of these topics on the News Talk 1290 website. And so you can go there, News Talk 1290. So there's how you can find me and the material that I produce or materials I put out. I also preach for the Iowa Park Church of Christ in Iowa Park, Texas, right outside of Wichita Falls. We have a website. It's iowaparkcoc.org. I write about all of these types of issues because these are biblically related issues. Private property rights, for example, found right in the Bible. And I write about all of these issues on the website there. So you can find articles that I have written regarding uh, biblical materials regarding political materials, uh, what you call might be call political and uh, societal issues. All those things are on those websites. So it's iowaparkcoc.org, American Liberty with Bill Lockwood. The radio show is called Patriotic Pulpit, and the website also here, News Talk 1290 website, articles relating to all these things. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Now, I wanted to bring this all down to the point of what's taking place at the border and a recent House Judiciary hearing that has just taken place and highlighting the border crisis for us. You can read about this on FAIR.org, uh, dot and that uh, news 
that's a site. Uh, it's actually F-A-I-R-U-S dot org, fairus dot org. And you can read about this material. Uh, you can read about all of this kind of thing on that particular website. We've had some of the representatives on the program before. Now, before I launch into this, back in Ronald Reagan's presidency, he had an amnesty program, and um, he gave amnesty to, uh, what was it, several million uh, illegals, uh, Mexicans, Mexican nationals primarily. And the idea was, according to Edwin Meese, Edwin Meese was in his administration. Edwin Meese said that we thought it would be helpful to the border crisis and settled the basically settled the border down. But he said after it was that it happened, he said, really, it didn't help anything at all. But here's the interesting thing also. The Democrats promised at that time that they would, they would secure the border. That's what Tip O'Neill and others of the Democrat Party wanted to do. We'll secure the border, and they promised they would do that, but we want the amnesty in here first. Okay, so that's what they did. What happened? They never secured the border. They didn't intend to secure the border. The Democrats never intended. They still don't intend to secure the border. And, of course, that is very obvious. But not only that, they're violating United States law. I am tired of hearing people say, well, the, the immigration system is broken. Why is it broken, people? It's broken, not the immigration system. What is broken is the ability and the backbone of individuals to enforce the United States law. That's what's broken. We have broken backbones. We have broken the spirit of the American leadership, they don't have the abilities nor the strength to enforce American law. That's what needs to be done. Enforce American law. Just as President Trump was doing, and boy, I tell you what, they hated him for it, didn't they? The Democrats hated him. This is one reason. You can talk about the border wall. You can talk about Trump's border policies, and they see red right now. It's interesting that the law is that which Trump supported and enforced. And he simply did that, enforcing what was already on the books. And the Democrats can't stand it. Consequently, when Biden came into office, we're not going to enforce the border. We refused to do it and invited, actually invited Illegals from all over the world to come into our nation, invade the United States, and it is having a devastating effect. We are seeing crime like we've never seen before. I talk to people all the time. My home state of Arizona, here in Texas, my adopted state, I used to leave my doors unlocked. I used to leave my doors open. I used to not even pay attention to this kind of thing, but now... Not simply because of illegal invasion, simply because of lawlessness that has continued to go on under Democratic leadership and, unfortunately, weak-kneed Republican leadership as well. George Bush, George H.W. Bush, or George W. Bush, I should say, wanted to stitch together Canada, United States, and Mexico, stitch them together in the North American Union. What was that all about? It was about ignoring the borders. The problem is not that we have a broken immigration system. We have not only 
weak backbone, broken backbones of people who can't actually enforce the law. But we have treachery going on in our government, and the Biden administration is causing it. Now, having said that, let me just notice the highlights of this the hearing. This is the House of Representatives hearing the Judiciary Committee meeting, its first full hearing on immigration, and this was this month. The hearing entitled Biden's Border Crisis, Part 1, this is from, you can read it from FAIRUS.org, highlighted the impacts of illegal immigration on the American people from schools to health care, public safety, families who have lost loved ones to drug overdoses. It highlighted how Border Patrol is being moved from the border to help process individuals for asylum, allowing fentanyl to pour into the country between ports of entry. It also discussed the threat that cartels and traffickers may bring their dangerous and lethal antics to our soil. Now, I want to back up here and point out something also. The real culprit here is the American welfare system, the welfare state that we have created. The idea that we can give taxpayer money or taxpayer-supported monies to illegals coming in here, giving them hotel rooms, giving them food, giving them transportation, giving them places to stay, giving them homes, giving them places. That should be and should solely be occupation of churches and free will contribution organizations. That that should be it if that's going to be, but we need to be stopping the border anyway, but it should not be taxpayer funded. The welfare system, when you have a, when you have a welfare check, people jump in here and be in here for maybe a year and get on social security and then get welfare taxpayer money. That's a big carrot, isn't it? I had one person tell me, he said, well, we don't know that everybody's coming here for that. They're coming for jobs. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what let's do. You remove the welfare system from giving, at least from giving it to illegals, people crossing the border illegally, don't give them anything. And you see how small the trickle will be of people coming across the border. You'll find out they're not coming here to work. They're coming here to graft and take money of the American taxpayer. Getting the American medical system that I'm paying for, getting into the school system that I'm paying for, getting into the housing that I'm paying for, the transportation, plane tickets that I can't even get myself. They get them all. Well, back to the hearing. The hearing this last week in the House Judiciary Committee, all of the witnesses at the hearing had personally experienced the impact of the crisis at the southern border. The first witness was Mr. Brandon Dunn, the father of a 15-year-old boy who died from fentanyl poisoning. His son, Noah, was a sophomore in high school murdered by a drug dealer who sold counterfeit pills that contained eight milligrams of fentanyl, four times the lethal dose. But Noah's family is not alone. Mr. Dunn testified that there are countless people who have been lost to fentanyl, which is smuggled across the border. The drug problem is one huge, huge problem here. The second witness, Arizona's Cochise County Sheriff Mark Daniels. He testified, Daniels rather, that he has experienced the good, the bad, and the ugly. And today, he said, is the worst he has ever seen. He said the border crossings are at an all-time high. 
and the threats to his county residents and law enforcement are increasingly skyrocketing. That's just it's absolutely occurring in Cochise County. And all of this is being absolutely ignored by this administration. Another witness was Dale Carruthers, a judge and rancher from Terrell County, Texas. He said that the chaos caused by the administration's open border policies is the reason that he and many others have switched parties. They're just leaving the Democratic Party, going to the Republican Party. He described how his his ranch has suffered from illegal alien traffic, in particular, has experienced water system damage. They threatened and killed livestock. They threatened and killed crops. That's going on in Arizona also. And families like this, he said, live in fear because trespassing on their land, stealing food, damaging property is commonplace. That's exactly what's happening all across this country. And you know what happened in Arizona? we, We began the show with this. That is, the Arizona rancher threatened his property, his life, everything that he's worked for being just absolutely destroyed George Allen Kelly being destroyed by the Biden administration joining hands with becoming an accomplice with the drug cartels and destroying private property in America. That's what's occurring. And people are taking their God-given rights into their hands to defend their own private property. That's what's going on. Joe Biden needs to be, he needs to be exit office. We need to impeach this man. I don't know why we can't seem to get him out of office. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, before we change subjects, I want to mention a couple of things that the Democrats have said at the House Judiciary Committee hearings regarding the border, highlighting Biden's border crisis. And one of them was a Democrat witness by the name of Texas Judge Ricardo. He was a Texas judge. His name is Ricardo uh, Samaniego of El Paso. And he, he simply downplayed the problem. He acted like that, you know, we're not having that big of a problem. It's absolutely incredible that he would downplay the problem, the border crossings, when El Paso itself has been overrun by illegals. They have huge tent cities outside of El Paso. The El Paso airport is overcrowded with illegals sleeping in the airport. And yet, Samaniego, a Texas judge there, he just acted like, well, it's not that big of a deal. And, uh, you know, we only have so many encounters. He doesn't see how uh, this can be a big problem. Here's another one. This is Representative Jay Powell. I guess that's Jay Powell. He's a Democrat from Washington. That's kind of a weird name. But anyway, Democrat from Washington. Oh, boy, here we go. He says the, Dem- uh, the Republicans are making a lot of statements that are not true, and they're using nativist arguments and talking about immigrants and they're demonizing the immigrants. And he says, all of this is a racist narrative, racist, racist narrative. That's absolutely incredible. It has nothing to do with race. It has to do with an invasion. If the Chinese army invaded America, is it going to be to fight them? to defend our borders, is that going to be racist to do so? Because that's the Chinese army 
How stupid can you be? These people are absolute. That's all they know is just talk about racism. They don't want to talk about the law. They don't want to enforce the law. They want to talk about racism. Shooting down the Chinese balloon. I guess that was racist because, well, it was from China. So we're racist because we shot down the Chinese balloon. How stupid. I, 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 I'm absolutely in amazement that we have people like that who are representing our nation in Washington, D.C., and then here you have Cori Bush. She objected to the hearing. She says, well, it's just amplifying right-wing conspiracy theories. Uh, conspiracy theory, right-wing, you know, as, this is a, I guess, I guess I'm a conspiracy theorist because we see what's going on on the border. It's on television all the time. You can see it. Even the mainstream media has picked it up after about two years of this complete invasion. We have all, almost 20 million people in the country that are here illegally and we're paying for them, but this is a, a right-wing conspiracy. These people absolutely need to be kicked out of office, and the, the fact that they are supported by anybody in America is beyond my imagination how any kind of knowledgeable voter, well, there's the key, knowledgeable voter would vote for them. Well, let's change subjects for a moment. This is interesting. Let's talk about the climate, and let's talk about the Ukraine war. One of the most amazing Amazing pieces of news that came across my desk recently was this one. This is the head of the UN World Meteorological Organization, WMO. Pateri Talis said the Ukraine war may be as a, seen as a blessing. What? Well, why is it a blessing? Why is it a blessing, Mr. Talis? Well, because as far as climate change is concerned, this is what was reported on October 11th. According to Talis, the crippling energy shortage that threatens millions of Europeans this coming winter will cause nations to more quickly turn to renewable energy such as solar, wind, and hydrothermal. Now, that's this is a world leader talking about the blessing of war, thinking that we're going to turn over to renewable energies that we're going to have to get away from. By the way, that brings up that gas pipeline that was blown up apparently by Americans or American government operatives blowing up the pipeline. Now you see what really they have in mind. They, they want this war. This is for to bring climate because this climate change thing is they, they're serious. They want us to get off of fossil fuels. So Talis goes on to say from the five to 10 year timescale, it's clear that this war in Ukraine will speed up our consumption of fossil energy and it's going to speed up the green transition. So we're going to invest much more in renewable energy, energy saving solutions. So from a climate perspective, the war in Ukraine may be seen as a blessing. Absolutely stunning. Climate Depot's Mark Morano said that Talis' statement essentially makes Vladimir Putin a climate change hero. <laughs> so maybe the left better rethink their position on Vladimir Putin. He's a climate change hero. So the head of the UN's world's meteorological org dot, uh, dot org said the quiet part out loud. He said he believes Russia's invasion of Ukraine is helping save the planet. Putin is the UN's new climate hero. This is from Climate Depot's Mark Morano. How clever. That's exactly what's going on. That is, that is shocking, isn't it? So Talis made his remarks while promoting the WMOs, that's World Meteorological Organization, most recent State of the Climate Services report. The report is full of typical UN climate scare tactics, such as warnings about 
more frequent or intense extreme weather, water, and climate events. So who knows whether it's more severe or not. So the Ukraine war is a net good, according to the WMO, at least as far as the climatistas, that is those climatologists are concerned, and they want to keep us under the heel. While admitting that the war and the associated energy crisis were a shock for the European energy sectors, even leading some nations, notably Germany, to return to fossil fuels such as the much vilified coal for the short term, Talis pointed out it may spur a quicker transition to unreliable sources of energy. And here's how he said it. Time is not on our side. Our climate is changing before our eyes. Sustainable energy security and reaching net zero by 2050 will mean a complete transformation of the global energy system. So gone are the free market, gone is freedom, and we're going to push you right into this. So great to have the war in Ukraine, according to the WMO. And Vladimir Putin is a good guy. The left needs to rethink their positions. They just cross themselves back and forth. You don't know whether the snake that made the track is going south or coming back, do you? Here's another news source, another news item. This is the French, a French politician pointed out amazingly regarding this is regards the COVID vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine. Macron, President Macron of France never got the vaccine, never got the COVID vaccine. A former Prince, French, rather French presidential candidate, former member of France's National Assembly is claiming that President Emmanuel Macron, who stated in January that he really wanted to make people angry, the unvaccinated people of the nation, is not himself vaccinated against COVID-19. Jean LaSalle of France's Resistance Party made the remarks in an interview with broadcaster NTD in October 10. LaSalle claimed that most members of the French government were also unvaccinated. Interesting, isn't it? Here, see, is the whole mindset of the global elitists and the American elitists. Good for thee, not good for me. We are going to give you socialized medicine, said Barack Obama, but it's not good for me. That's exactly their position. The same thing regarding the COVID-19 vaccination. Macron, who pushed the vaccinations in France, I think even at one point I read that they were, okay, they insisted that you've got to get vaccinated, then boosted and boosted, triple boosted, quadruple boosted. And then if you don't continue to get boosted, then you're going to be considered unvaccinated. Continue to get boosted. But President Macron never got the shot. Amazing, isn't it? Well, LaSalle explained why he took the jab. This is the man who blew the whistle on Macron. He said, because I was an MP, I didn't want to give the feeling that I wasn't doing my job, but I did did not know that Emmanuel Macron was not vaccinated at the time. I did not know that most of the government members were not vaccinated, and I did not know that many of my fellow MPs were not either. I wanted to set an example, he said. So LaSalle blamed Macron and former U.K. Prime Minister Boris Johnson for strongly suggesting, and some people would say pressuring, that would be the better word, that everyone take the experimental shots. This was the time when Mr. Macron, Boris Johnson, and all the others encouraged everyone to get vaccinated, he pointed out. They want everybody to get vaccinated, but not themselves. And now we're finding out that there have been real problems with all the vaccinations from the very beginning. Well, what's going on? 
What's happening is totalitarianism, the Great Reset, as we've talked about week after week regarding the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, and all the others. That's what's happening across the globe. And the Great Reset includes erasing the borders of America, we've talked about earlier. It includes controlling your lives to the very nth degree, telling you what vaccination to get and what not to get, what to put in your body, what not to put in your body. It's totalitarianism, friends, is what it is. And that's why this program is called Patriotic Pulpit. We're, we're about freedom, limited government, going back to it, if possibly at this point we can. <laughs> 